You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Chris Prefontaine. And he's a best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms. He's a real estate investor with over 27 years of experience in the field. Chris is the founder of the Smart Real Estate Coach and the host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. He lives in Newport, Rhode Island with his wife, Kim, and their family. Chris operates the family business with their son, Nick, his daughter, Kayla, his son-in-law, Zach, and an amazing team that he's built. Together, they are co-authoring the book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, which will be released, I think, in May or June of 2019. Is that what you said? Yep, May. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to take a little bit of a different spin. So don't get scared, audience. But I thought that when I first heard this idea, I thought it was really important, relevant, and you guys could get some immense value from it. Today, we're going to talk about how being an investor and having that investor mindset and know-how can help you to grow your net worth because this is all about growth whether you're growing your business you know that's you know your marketing your sales you know this is about growth and so i think growing your net worth is definitely a worthwhile topic so that's why i brought in chris but before we dive into that chris give us a minute or two backstory on kind of how you got here and then we're going to dig right into the meat and potatoes yeah, I'll give you just a real brief 10,000 foot view, Dennis. Right. So I've been at real estate, as you said, for a better part of 27, going on 28 now. So I'm aging myself, but I started with building single family homes. I wasn't a builder. I just knew of a builder and I partnered with them. And then we did hundreds of those. And then I bought a realty executive franchise. So I wore my brokerage hat for a while. And then I sold that to Cobalt Banker in 2000. And then from 2000 up till about the crash, 08, I was doing my own investments and in coaching people around US and Canada. And the 08 debacle, as I call it in my book, actually set us up for the success we're having now, really. It was a big speed bump for us and a headache, but it made us re-engineer the business to buy and sell real estate without using banks, without needing our credit. Mine was trash then, and without needing cash. That's what we do today, and that was all caused from the crash, really. Wow. So the 08 crash. Tell me, what were you were at that point, you were investing, but you were using more traditional methods. You were using just kind of that roadmap that you had built when the economy was good. I mean, is that, and then, it, yeah. and then it all shifted. Yeah, you're right. So conventional is what? I put a down payment down. I signed personally. And so when the market tanked by, man, it was a third and some markets, two thirds, it went down. We were on those loans personally. And so now with all the real estate we control, we were on zero loans personally, have way more under control and have zero cash at risk. And I tell you, it's different putting your head on the pillow at night when you don't have the risk and the personal guarantees and everything. That's a big difference. Nice. So you... How much real estate do you guys control? I mean, I'm curious. Yeah, at any one time, we control somewhere around 20 or 30 million. And it sometimes it's a lot higher, but that's a conservative average. And 
it's interesting because you can pick all those properties, all of them together, there's maybe 50 or 60 or more at one time. And there won't be one, maybe one or two exceptions where we put some money down. And that's some money is like a percent maybe, but uh, most of them are $10 deposits to $500 deposits at most. So what is, are they, are you talking about mainly single family homes? You're talking about commercial, you're talking about mixed use. What do you, what type of real estate do you predominantly invest in? Yeah, 95% of our stuff is um, single family, three bedrooms, because they're easy to, to move and do what we do, which is the rent own buyer side of things. But I'm talking to you today from my new office building that we closed on around seven months ago, owner financing, no banks. And I've done four units and six, you know, so I've done it all. It's just that this strategy right now is laser focused on single families. Awesome. Okay, great. So, all right. So, listen, we've got a short amount of time and I know you've got a lot to share. So, we're going to dig in. What I'd like you to help us with today, Chris, is help us unpack, number one, the whole concept of being an investor to grow your net worth, but then give us a little bit of a roadmap on maybe how someone like myself or someone in the audience who's an entrepreneur, or maybe if they're in sales and marketing and they just want to diversify a little bit, how they can go about getting started. Sure. And so just as a prelude, look, everyone can be an investor, right? It's just a matter of how active, meaning... You have your own home, many people listening, and during the next seven to 10 years, you may, and you may have either a savings account or stocks. And just think about this for one half a second. The stock market can go to zero. The real estate can never go to zero. It can take a hit, but it can't go to zero. So it's a way for you to diversify and add to your wealth, no question about it, even if it's a property. And so that's just kind of a general thought pattern. And then the, the return, remember I said earlier, $10 deposit, $100 deposit. Therefore, if I'm doing a ten or hundred dollar deposit and I'm bringing back in somewhere around fifty to seventy five grand per deal, that's our average. That's close to an infinite return. <laughs> can you get that elsewhere? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you can control real estate for basically what is equivalent to nickels and dimes, and you can convert it and make, you know, if you're making fifty thousand dollars on a typical transaction, I mean, that's off the charts. Yeah. So for them to get their arms wrapped around this, when you and I refer to net worth and investor, all around the country, the averages run from 45,000 per deal to 110. Our family averages around 75. Well, that's a big number. If someone just goes out and learns how to do one or two of these per year to add to their net worth and, and grow that side of their family or, or finances. Right. Because not everybody has to go out and say, hey, I'm this full-time real estate investor. I mean, some people may want to do that, but some people might only want to do a deal once a year or once every few years as a way to, you know, just kind of, again, build that net worth and diversify, you know, the risk associated with the stock market and their own business and, you know, and banks and the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then each one of these deals that we're alluding to doesn't just come with that big number. That's broken down to three different things. It's cash now, like when they do the deal, it's now, and then it's cash monthly, and then it's cash when it gets sold. So, I mean, it's, it's three different types of income streams, which everyone can use. Cash is great when you get that flowing. Okay, great. I love it. All right, so now let's talk a little bit about the how, right? So there's a, you know, there's a million ways, probably not a million, but there's a lot of ways, right, that you can make money in real estate. I mean, I, you know, everybody's heard, you know, the different strategies and tactics and you know, you see the gurus on TV and you see people on the internet and you know, they have all these shows about flipping homes and all that stuff. But you have a really kind of a niche that you specialize in and I'm really curious if you could help us kind of first understand that niche a little bit and then tell us how we might be able to dabble in there a little bit and learn a little bit more about how it works. Sure. And it's important to kind of bridge that conversation with, you mentioned flipping and the shows and 
some people call whole, you know, different tactic called wholesaling. Those are fine, but why did I gravitate towards this one? I know how to do all those because think about it, Dennis. If you flip a house, you get paid how many times? Once, right? Yep. And then you got to go do it again. There's no cash coming from that. You got to go do another deal. That's a job in my book. So we buy everything on uh, terms. And what does that mean? Because you alluded to that when you said the title of my book. It means we're buying everything on either lease purchase or owner financing. And the owner financing side of things, just to, to get your arm dropped around that, that's a huge, in the United States right now, roughly speaking, you've got a third of the homes that do not have debt on them. They're mortgage free. A lot of those people for state reasons, tax planning reasons, and other personal reasons will do owner financing. So you buy their home, you make them the payments, and you don't have to worry about a bank or signing personally on anything. That's a big difference from conventional. Oh, for sure. I mean, you, if any of, any of the listeners have tried to buy an investment property through traditional means like a bank, it's like, you know, they want everything, including your firstborn. And I mean, it, it's probing. I mean, it's almost feels like you're being violated. <laughs> I agree. It's daunting. And, it, and it, it's a big deposit, right? Anywhere from 20 to 35%. Well, that's a big number. So I've had students call and go, look, I bought two or three homes. I thought that's how you do it. I've used all my cash on these two or three. When in fact, they could have done literally $10 to $100 deposit and tied up all kinds of property if they wanted to go that aggressive. Love it. So your niche is owner financing and the rent to own concept, right? And some of the people on this podcast may be familiar with that, but you're going to help us unpack that a little bit. So if someone wanted to, you know, learn or learn how to get started, you know, with one of those tactics and start maybe looking for some deals and understanding the basic framework of how to put those together. I mean, I know you do a lot of coaching, right? And we're going to talk about that later. And if people want to get your book where you're going to make a great offer to the end where they can get that for free, which is awesome. But between now and then, can you help us kind of, you know, navigate that a little bit? Yeah. So just so you have a like kind of a vision, if you will. So we have virtual assistants who will pre-call, I'll call it a pre-call, the homeowner. So I'm only speaking with, or my family's only speaking with people that want to speak with us. So we find out the VA, the virtual assistant finds out hey, are you open to this type of a purchase or a sale in their case? If it's yes, then we're calling them. And then once we call them, we're finding out based on the math, which uh, box this fits in. Box meaning, is it going to be lease purchase? Is it going to be owner financing? How long is it going to be? What are the numbers looking like? So a lot of that is done up front. Kind of the legwork is done so that you're calling and talking to only the, I'll say the higher end or the higher uh, motivated uh, sellers. And, and I don't want to mistake, motivated doesn't mean they're in a buy. It can mean they're in a buy. But remember, there's a lot of those debt-free houses I talked about. They're not in a bind. They just want a nice, nicely structured deal. Gotcha. Okay. So you have set up kind of like a sales funnel in a way where you've got virtual assistants that are calling. Where do they get their numbers or the homes? I mean, are they just randomly picking up the phone book? Are they dialing some directory? Are they doing Google searches? I mean, go yeah, back, go back one step service. and help us to understand a little bit about that. Yeah. No, it's a good question. It's a cheap service uh, we use and we suggest that students use it. It runs from 40 to $60 a month. That's it. And that provides the virtual assistant and or the student and or us the for sale by owners in the area, as well as the expired listings in the area that were with realtors perhaps, but didn't sell for whatever reason, could be price, condition, whatever area. Also the for rent by owners. And those are the three largest sources for us for sale by owner, for rent by owner and expired listings. Gotcha. Okay. And expired listings. And you can get, there's pay services. There's probably free services where you can find those, you know, owners and addresses and emails and phone numbers. And then that's what the VAs will be using for outreach to try to do that quick prequel. 
Yep. And, and I say VAs, I should have said singularly because that individual owner or someone looking to just add some net worth to what they've got going on now, they need a VA and they need a VA for like mm, three to five hours a week. It's not a huge commitment. Right. Yeah, of course, depending, dialing up or down, depending upon what your appetite is, right? Exactly. Okay, awesome. So we find the listings, you have the VAs call them, do a pre-qual. What does that sound like? I mean, can you help me to understand? I mean, that VA, when that lead comes in, what checkboxes has that VA had to, What's what are the important checkboxes that they're able to give to you and confirm before you get that lead? Well, number one, first and foremost is, are they open to terms and who would be open to terms? Anyone selling a home that either needs to get out of, they need debt relief, they need to get out from under a mortgage, or they have equity, some lots of equity, but they can wait on it in order to get more. So uh, instead of selling in the conventional market and paying a realtor uh, fees and, and other closing costs, they would do a lease purchase or an owner financing with us, and they push the return of that capital out two, three, four, five, seven, sometimes 10 years. Um, they'll get more, but they're going to wait for it and they're going to get it over time. So if that comes back with the boxes checked, yes, the seller is open to at least hearing how you'd be proposing some different terms. That's important. And then the reason they're selling is super important, super important, because all we're doing, we're not selling, we're not convincing, we're solving challenges or problems, right? So if someone says, I just got a job reload, or I just got a divorce, or my family's already out of state, I got to go there. These are all things that we've done. And so we look to solve that problem or close that gap for them. That's really the two main things. Okay, great. All right. So now we've got, we found somebody who's, you know, meets those qualifications, right? They filled those check boxes. You get on the phone with them. And what does that conversation look like or sound like, or what's the framework of that? Because you're at that point, you know, trying to peel the onion back one layer more, but how does that call typically flow? If you can give me just yeah. a basic idea. It's an easier one because now they've already kind of raised their hand and they will recognize most of the time the assistant who, you know, we use their name. You talked to so-and-so last week, I understand, and we just rehashed the, what's on the property information sheet. And then what is it? It's all about numbers at that point. It's all math. So we match their time frame with the particular numbers. If there's underlying debt, for example, what's that number look like? And can we create a spread above that when we fill the home? If it's debt-free and it's owner financing, what kind of expectations do you have if you're going to wait for your money? And then we just usually have a short conversation, Dennis, then get back to them with different options. So the time, the price is not important. It's the time and how much they need or want monthly that dictates how we structure the office. So we'll typically send them two or three different options. Okay, great. All right. So I'm curious because I know owner financing and rent to own are similar, but different, right? They're similar, but they're different. Can you tell us how you as an investor makes, typically makes money in a owner financing type deal? I mean, when you're signing a note with the owner and you're paying them for the home and how do you then, you know, make money? Do you, is it a flip? Is it a, you know, are you renting it out? Is it, I mean, what does that look like? Help me to understand that. Cause I'm truly a neophyte. Yeah. Every deal we do, whether we purchase at least purchase or owner financing, we exit it the same way to your question. And that is a rent to own with a tenant buyer. Now, a couple of things I said are key. Tenant buyer, not tenant. Tenant buyer is a buyer that couldn't get a loan today. They might need some credit enhancement. They might need credit repair. They might need just time to save or time to show the bank that they're reporting their income properly because they were self-employed perhaps. So always it's a rent to own when we exit. And always it's going to be the three paydays I alluded to were Number one, to put them in the home, they've got to have a non-refundable down payment. Remember, they're a buyer. They're not a renter. So they they were ready to do that. They just couldn't get a loan. 
then they're going to pay us monthly and that monthly is going to be higher than we're paying out to the owner or the bank. So there's my payday too. It's a monthly spread. And then when the property cashes out, we've obviously put a premium on the property from what we've paid for it. And that's going to be another payday at the end. So you get payday number one when you start and you fill the home with the tenant buyer. Then you get a monthly spread and then you get a back end. And what's cool about the owner financing, you had some familiarity with it just by the way you asked. All of our owner financing deals, all of them, do not include interest. So we don't mind paying the full price for a property if we agree on a market value, but the monthly payments going to them are fully principal. So at the end of that term, we've paid down a significant amount of principal. Oh, I see. Okay. So so you have an option, you have a price, am I correct? You have like an a price, an option up price up front that you've agreed to, and then the payments that you make to them, that reduces that purchase price over time. Correct. And the, ah. and the tenant buyer paying us, that's just their lease to, to get them to the end vehicle of a mortgage. So picture this, I have a $1,000 payment to you as a seller of principal, and I have a $1,300 payment coming in from my tenant buyer. Well, that's a $300 monthly cash flow spread. Plus, I'm not giving up any principal on the price I sold it to them. Right. So you're increasing the spread while you're making a small spread between the actual payments. Correct. Yep. Always. Nice. Very nice. Okay. So that, like I said, I know this is a very niche way of doing it. And I know that I actually have had some friends and some other people and I've even kind of played, I even played around with kind of the whole rent to own thing. Maybe, I don't know, it was, geez, it was maybe 15 years ago when I, you know, cause I did have an interest in real estate at one point before I kind of dove into some of my other businesses, but yeah, very, very interesting. I like the niche. And I mean, for anybody who's looking to just kind of get their feet wet, and are scared of the whole concept of making a big investment or committing all their capital or overstretching their risk. I mean, you know, you might, it might not be quite as easy to just go out and buy a property, but there's plenty of people out there that are looking for terms more important than they're looking for price. Yeah, about 30 or 40% of the market. You know, if I had to go back over the thousands of property information sheets over the years, it's probably 30 something percent are open to it for sure. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Anything else you want to add on the, you know, on the steps for someone listening where they could, you know, kind of get started with this? I know we talked about, you know, some sources for getting the leads and then having a VA call them and then you call them and then you basically are putting some terms and offers in place. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, after then, it's just then filling the home and people say, well, isn't that the hard part? Like, how do I get my buyers? Believe it or not, once you get the deal, the buyers is the easy part because you've got about 80 to 82% in a various market to market, state to state, but about 80% of the buyers out there right now, if they walked in a bank or mortgage company, can't get a loan in their current state without some type of vehicle like this. Well, that's a huge pond efficient. And so once you get a property, it's not hard to find that buyer to fill it. Because again, they're looking, it's more important. Terms are more important for them. You know, credit terms are more important than the hundred percent of the price. They're not always looking for the cheapest property or negotiate a hard deal on the other side. They just need somebody to loan them money. Yeah. They need someone to help them kind of that pathway to get to the mortgage ready date. Cause we set them all up to the win, Dennis. If we put someone in a home, they've got a plan to win. And so, you know, you're doing a lot of good for a lot of people that thought they couldn't buy when you put them through this program. Love it. So do you focus more on local there in the, in Rhode Island and you know, the surrounding area, or do you do deals all over the country? Okay. So our family does deals in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. And then we have what we call associates, kind of higher level students all around the country. We've got about close to 50 some odd associates in maybe 25 different states right now doing deals. So between their deals and our deals, we do about five or 10 of these a month. Oh, so you have your own deals and then you assist with 
people that are affiliated with you. You have a yeah, like we associate and do the deal with them, uh, which is a great kind of uh, way for them to learn because we're literally locking arms and doing the deal with them. Which it sounds to me like that's kind of tied into your whole coaching program. Is that correct? Yeah. If they want that level, some people just kind of go through the basics and they'll read the book and they'll do a webinar and they'll, they'll go through my online course and they love it. And, and once in a while I'll hear from them that they cranked out a bunch of deals. Others that want to get more aggressive, go through our associate program and actually lock arms with us. Nice. Love it. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, the next couple of questions, let's do them rapid fire and then you know we'll wrap it up for today. For your sure. business, let's get a little bit micro into your business, right? You know, because you have a number one, you have a real estate company, investment company, and then you also have a training business, right? Yep. What's one, what's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using, some sort of technology or tool that you're using to help grow your business? It's a, it's a part technology and part tie-in and it's called Elite Forum and it, it helps us with everything to do with scaling. So it's an online platform, but it also is a community of other business owners like your listeners, all different types of backgrounds. I'm, we're probably the only real estate. And it has to do with tying into scaling, education, tools, and everything related to it and how to grow your business. Again, any business. Great. Awesome. And you know, besides your book, your best-selling book, and then your upcoming book, because we're going to talk about that in a second, besides your book, what would be one book that's maybe left a lasting impression on you or has helped you throughout your journey that you would recommend to the audience? There's a whole bunch, but I mean, when it comes to mind, it's sitting here is Principles by Ray Dalio. Principles. Love it. Big fan of Ray Dalio. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, Chris, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your book, and then, you know, we'll wrap it up for today. Sure. I had told you right before we started, we created a free link for your audience simply at free, F-R-E-E-S-R-E-C. That stands for Smart Real Estate Coach. So free, S-R-E-C book. Dot com And when I say free, it's not where you got to put your credit card in and pay for the shipping. We'll pay for shipping. And it's a hardcover, best-selling book. We'll get that off to you. We mail them every Friday for the shows. And I'd love for you to get your hands on that. F-R-E-E-S-R-E-C book.com. And of course, you mentioned earlier, uh, just smartrealestatecoach.com. Awesome. Well, listen, you do have a book coming up. That, so you've got, so the book, the offer that you just made was for your existing book, right? The, Correct, yeah. the real, real estate on your own terms. But you also have this new book, The New Rules of Real Estate, that's coming out. When is that coming out? May? May 14th. Yep. On Amazon. You can get it on, on uh, May 14th. Awesome. Well, listen, I didn't want to go leave without at least mentioning that. Hey, listen, really appreciate you being on the show. Congrats on all your success. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Dennis. All right. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.